0: there, everyone. Welcome to the Women Wired for Wellness podcast presented by Holistic Icon. I'm your host, Dr. Nisha Chalik. This podcast was created to fulfill my obsession for the understanding of why we struggle with symptoms, the science behind them, and the reason why most women suffer for years before they seek solutions for their troubling symptoms. I'm also very passionate about teaching both my patients and people who come in contact with us as it helps me empower myself and them with knowledge. What kind of knowledge are we talking about? The knowledge that our health is probably the one asset we all can control. This control begins with knowing all that has been known about it. It is not simply about knowing a disease and considering medications as the only option, because that might be the only option when you are nearing death. But to truly live a fulfilling life, we need to know how to tap into our innate nature to heal and all the possible qualities, including developing grit, passion, and consistency. If this podcast has helped you or opened your eyes to a different path, Please take time to leave a positive review. And if you felt we fell short somehow, would you let us know how to improve it? Now, without any further delay, let's get on with today's podcast. So welcome to a different kind of podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Chalam. And one of the things that we do in our podcast is try to educate. But sometimes it's important to see the results of our education, A big part of what we do in our practice is get patients to understand they can actually begin to heal when they take charge of their health. And in this podcast, one of our patients has had been very gracious enough to uh, share this journey and was willing to help all of us understand what her mindset was when she started out this journey. So we have two types of patients. One patient that walks into a doctor's office saying, I am broken, I'm going to go to this person who's going to fix me and they they can fix me because they understand what I have and I'm going to fully trust what they have to dish out for me. The other type of patient is the one who understands what their role in their own health journey or disease journey has been. And really get themselves educated so they don't have the fear or the reactive nature because, you know, when you have a diagnosis, whether it be a catastrophic diagnosis like cancer or uh, heart disease, you don't want to just say, you know, help me because what a doctor does is helps your disease. But to truly help you and help you understand uh, or remove that fear is to help educate you so that you can take the steps needed to actually resolve the health problem and kind of create health rather than manage disease. And I think this particular example is a great example. And of course, our life coach, Kim, who understands a lot about the mindset and the conversations we have with ourselves, actually has helped us walk through that thought process. Why is it important to ask different questions, because the quality of the answers you get is determined by the quality of the questions you ask. If you ask a good question, you're gonna get a very good answer. If you ask the same question you've asked for years, you're always gonna get the same answer. And again, you have to set the intention for what your relationship with your doctor is going to be. I want to heal. I want to find out why I have this and what I can do to get better rather than walking into a doctor's office and saying, I'm broken. You're going to figure out what broken me and you're going to give me a quick fix because we have this 15 minute time window and that's what you're trained to do. That's it. These are two completely different approaches And literally it is driven by the philosophy and the culture of the practice and the type of patient. So hopefully you will learn something in this podcast from a patient who has probably a similar journey as you are having, and this will empower you to ask the right questions and kind of help you or set the tone for how you should be thinking so you're really looking for a resolution. And I think Kim does a phenomenal job of walking us through this thought process. So I really hope you enjoy and take a lot out of this podcast. And once again, thank you very much for supporting us. Don't forget to go to iTunes, download it and like us and put a review on how much this podcast is helping you. And without further delay, let's get into this podcast, which we titled, Let the Power of Healing Begin Within You. So welcome, everyone,
1: to our Wednesday afternoon podcast. And if I can actually see, I'm hoping I'm live on some page because I can't see myself here. You're live on Facebook. I am? Okay, good. All right. So welcome, everyone, Dr. Shalom from Holistic and Integrative Center of Novi. And today is, uh, like I said, is a very, very special podcast, mainly because we have a real one of the target goals of our practice is really to uh, have a very empowered patient. And the reason we say empowered patient is a patient that is an active participant and a leader in her in his or her own care means I need to work less. So it's basically <laughs> the laziness in me helps uh, helps me um, run a easier practice. So I have our patient who's been gracious enough to come on live to help other people understand how to go through this journey and be successful in it. And, on, and as you can see, we have our very own Kim, who is our life coach for the whole practice.
2: Hello, everybody.
1: So she is going to walk us through the changes that a person needs in order to get really empowered. Um, to, you know, begin this journey of healing. So we'll start off with talking to Nancy, see how she began her journey, where she is, and why she got the results she did. And um, that way it helps a lot of us um, who are struggling with this kind of, um, I would say, a chronic I'll, um a life with chronic diseases. I I see this all the time in many of the groups. I don't know, Kim, if you've ever seen some of these groups that uh, they run thyroid groups, autoimmune groups. Mm -hmm. And people, I I saw a recent posting where somebody said, um, you know, I am so frustrated with this group because I keep telling you when somebody posts, hey, I have this problem, I'm struggling with this pain, the rest of the group dishes out a diet like people haven't tried diets before we are struggling with chronic disease. We have to live with it. All we need is somebody to talk to. And sometimes that is the uh, mindset people live with. They feel like there is, nobody can help them and they are very unique and special. And sometimes, you know, I wanna jump into those groups and say something like, you can actually help yourself. You just have to be open to a different way of thinking. So uh, that's why w- what Nancy di- did is very unique and very um, different. so let's start off with asking you, Nancy. Tell me what a, um, as far as your own journey goes, when was the last time you ever felt well and healthy prior to after, before, before this? Yes. Um, okay well probably
3: actually I joined you about two years ago mm-hmm. so um, that would probably be about the time when I started feeling a lot better once i started changing my diet and right. that kind of thing um but i mean i I've been i was um diagnosed with arthritis rheumatoid arthritis when i was 50 mm-hmm. so it's been like 18 years ago ah. um and it was just like an overnight thing i just woke woke up one day and I, my hand couldn't hardly close and went to a oh. Uh, arthritis doctor right away because rheumatoid arthritis my dad had it so I kind of mm. was worried about it and um, they just automatically put me on medications there were no other options at all available and but even on medications I was kind of you know still having those flare-ups and you know it would be down for a while and then it would be back up again and the medication routine then just began to to escalate. So it's, it's not working on this much. So you need to take a little bit more and a little bit more and let's try a different type of medication. And I just, I felt like it, I felt like that will, I would look around the office of the people waiting in there and they were all getting worse. Mm. Nobody was getting better. You know, I, I could see, I look like, I was the one that was in good shape and the people that have been going there for years were just going slowly downhill and it wasn't something I wanted to, to do. So I was always looking for a way to to improve my position without the constant medication.
1: So when you say you had it overnight, do you. Truly believe it was overnight, or prior to that, did you have few symptoms here and there that you probably never gave, paid much attention yeah, to? Yeah,
3: perhaps you know but I might have, but I really didn't. I really didn't have any joint pain or anything. It's but any all, other
1: medical uh, symptoms that you went to the doctor
3: for? Well, I had. I was diagnosed with uh, um, thyroid,
4: mm.
3: you know, years prior to that, so I was already in the autoimmune, you mm. know, difficulty area. Um, but I saw no correlation between those things. And, um, and when I tried to, you know, suggest that, well, could I, you know, eat differently or whatever the doctor was basically, you know, well, you might be able to, there's some things, but nobody ever does it. So don't bother. (laughs)
1: okay so here's the part Kim I think one of the b- biggest um, observations that Nancy mm-hmm. did was she said I and this is very uh, telling and I don't know how many physicians feel this way and how many patients feel this way she said I was sitting in that waiting room and they'd been coming years together in that to the office yes. and they were getting worse
4: yes
1: and I mean sometimes that alone even that thought process to think that way um, like, am I going to be, am I seeing my future self in, in that waiting room?
2: I think that. That's it- a, that was a powerful observation. That means that you came into that situation open-minded already. Mm-hmm. So you already have a, a, a spirit. You came into that space um, uh, with an issue, but also, um, looking for a solution, not willing to, not willing to settle for what you observed. Mm-hmm. So a lot of patients have been going there for years and they can look around as well, but I'm going to, I'm going to ask you how many of those patients actually looked around at each other? Not many, mm-hmm. right? Not many. <laughs> Why? Because if I look around, then I will see and have to choose and make a decision. You look around, you looked around, and you saw, and then you made a decision, right? Yes. So the the responsibility, and this is where almost all of my clients struggle, and that is in taking 100% responsibility um, for their life, not just for this thing or that, not picking and choosing, but for everything. And so by choosing to be observant, by observing, making that choice to observe and pay attention to what you observe, that gave you information that's like, wow, is this something I want for myself? And where are the indicators that there is a positive possibility in this room? And the information coming to you told you what? What did that, it tell you?
3: Yeah, it was going what, down. <laughs> right. It told me that there wasn't a positive future right. in this
2: course. And then I, what did you do with that information? <clears throat> I looked for a different course of action. <laughs> right. It changed your motivation, did it not? Absolutely. And then what did you do?
3: I started looking around at... Uh, on the internet and wherever Google to try to, yeah, try to look for whatever information I could get myself. And I started looking for doctors that are, were open to, um, other alternatives beside medication as a way of, cause I always felt internally very much the way Dr. Chellum reacts to things is that, I want to address the underlying problem. I just never felt like there was any attempt to do that. You know, I always, they were giving me medication for the pain and to kind of lower some of the inflammation, but never what causes inflammation. I felt fine for years before that, you know, what was the cause of that? Isn't there any way that I can eliminate that or lower it and, and stop requiring medication or at least as much medication? I felt like I was pretty young at that point and I had, you know, 30, my dad lived to 89. I could have, you know, 40 years of living on that medication and there was nothing good about the long-term results of being on something like that for that length of time. So I felt like
2: I really needed to find an alternative. Let me me interrupt real quick because I want to point out um, something that's really critical that you do unconsciously and I want to make it conscious for you and also for others And that is the questions you are asking yourself, right? You are asking the questions. um, What's the underlying issue? What's the cause, right? Um, The question wasn't, well, what medication can they give me to make it go away, right? Your questions, because here's, and and I want everybody to pay attention. I want you to write this down at home. Um, The questions we ask ourselves create the perspective in which we look for the answers, right? So if I ask a question, if, if I f- ask a question of myself about um, uh, the situation, I could ask myself, what medication can they give me that'll make this go away? Or I can ask myself as you did, um, what, uh, what is the underlying cause of this so that we can address it so I can thrive in my life? Because this is not acceptable right mm-hmm. so i want to work for a solution to be healthy not to mask the illness it's a very different lens for questions right how we frame our questions determines the actions we take
1: but the and i think for you to think that way you have to actually think a lot of people just react because I I have um, another practice where I see younger patients, mm-hmm. they have nausea, they want something for nausea. They have constipation, they want something for constipation. I mean, it's almost like reactive. I just need something to get this. They don't step back and think, what am I doing to make this happen? And right. you know, this is in an institution that I go to see people, so they have access to uh, food pretty much processed food and i will look when they complain of stomach issues i'll actually pull a list of what they bought in the last week and i will show them i'll show them how these are food like products and it's it's almost to them and i have to say this it's got to do with our education system our culture in general they are shocked that these things cannot should not be eaten at the frequency at which they are eating mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and i think it starts from the schools mm-hmm. When we say ketchup is a vegetable, I think we've lost it right there, right? We're teaching children um, that's vegetable. Pizza is a healthy um, choice. That's the information. And so you can blame people. So they don't know how to ask different questions. So that's why I think for her, it was the probably because she saw her father and she saw what you know, this, uh, this particular disease, mm-hmm. um, did to him. And it was like, Hey, I don't want to go that route. Mm-hmm. Is it something different? Should I be asking different questions? There so that you, comes go. To, you know, me asking you, because even as a physician, I never thought it before, you know, before I could, I just mm-hmm. knew. What I was doing was not enough. I just didn't know another way of thinking. Mm -hmm. What made you think, hey, is there another... Have you had some kind of an exposure to something different? Or was there a movement of people asking different questions? Well...
3: I, mean, I grew up in the 60s, so very much the Mother Earth kind of you know, eating healthy foods, and I was a co-op member, and so that's always been kind of a piece of what I believed that was important. And again, like I said, I watched my dad not only have that, but have multiple other things that I always felt could have been related to the medications he was taking, and then this caused the high blood pressure, and then this caused the glaucoma, and then this caused mm-hmm. the... And it just seemed like an endless, an endless continuation, and, and I just felt like there had to be a a better way to do it. And and I I just saw food as being the the, the basis for so you have some kind of
1: roots somewhere. Which yeah,
3: and I'm science major, teacher. That's teacher at uh, school. That's not science major, yeah. so yeah, <clears throat> knew a little bit about not as much about nutrition and stuff as we should, but. Just the
1: thinking, you know, asking the questions. Mm Why? So how many years did you actually struggle before you said, you know, I've got to find and how long did it take you to find a practice that would listen to you? Did you try something before you came to us?
3: Yes. I went to one doctor for arthritis. Mm -hmm. I went to the arthritis doctor and um, went to him for a while and he just kept raising the amount and he just didn't seem to be aware of anything. I mean, I would ask him questions about stuff. I'm like, I don't know, maybe if you want to try that, you can try it. I was, he was just very like, really? I mean, and so then I moved to a different arthritis doctor. Um, and she was, she was better in that she seemed more well-informed about the options that were currently available. He was older and I don't think he was keeping up to date on what was going on. So, uh, it was with her, but I do not it was again a situation where it was um, just continually raising the amount of medication. And I, you know, go in and she say, how are you feeling? I'm like, I feel fine. I'm not having any pains or anything. You know, my flexibility is better. And um, she would take uh, x-ray and she'd say, okay, there's no further damage, but she goes, I really would like to see you on the next step up higher medication. And I'm like, why? If I'm not feeling worse, and you're not seeing anymore, but it, it just seemed like that was the only alternative, and it was really hard. My blood pressure would go up to go in to see her because I knew that it would kind of be—I don't want to call it an argument, but it would just be—I'd have to stand my ground and say I, I don't want to take more medications. So, so it, how,
2: how did you handle that conversation? How did how did you handle handle that conversation in those days? <laughs>
3: prior to the last couple of years. And those days I just kind of, you know, well, I really, you know, I don't want to do that. And well, you could really consider it. And she, she always, she knew that that was my mindset before I walked in the door. She's like, I know how you feel about medication. But, um, and sometimes I did, I, I went, I took the extra medication and then I, I go home and I think about it for a while and I take it for a month or two. And then I'd be like, i don't even see any difference and i'm taking double the medication now i'm not going to take that and then so i'd have all this like medication on this side that i'm not taking but she thinks i'm taking kind of you know so until the next time i go back and i'm like this is crazy so since i've gone through this i did change again to another doctor but this time i you know took the time and and with some help from dr chella on somebody that at least believed that there was something that you could do by the way you eat and the kind of supplements that you take that could improve the position without having to continually maximize um, taking higher dosages of things and he even wanted to put me up on a higher dosage and he felt that at at a higher dosage and get rid of any inflammation possible and then slowly take you down and i got up the courage to say, you know, I really respect what you said. I, you know, I understand your thinking on that. I'm like, but I've been on this journey for like two years, almost now where I'm low, I'm changing my diet and it has been having a positive effect. And so could we take the testing you've done now? And we'll take that as our baseline and let me continue this journey under your care. And then I will check it again in six months and see if, it continues to go down because I really don't want to take that extra medication. And he said,
2: okay. <laughs> How did that feel to be able to, 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 have to, it felt that? really
3: good. And it was interesting. Cause like um, whenever I went to my other doctor, my, my blood pressure would always be higher and I'd be like, I check my blood pressure at home. It's never that high. It's okay. And they're like, Oh yeah, it's probably going to the doctor. I don't know why. Cause you've been coming here for years. I don't know why you're nervous coming here, but it was always, I knew I would have to stand my ground. But um, when I went to see the other doctor, I took my blood pressure, fine, normal. I'm like, oh, I am like, I've crossed that path.
2: <laughs> and, and gosh, what did you learn from that? I mean, from your journey, if you were, if you were going to share with others, the, the seeds of wisdom, what would, what would that wisdom be?
3: I guess just that you are your best doctor. You're Um, you're the only one that really knows how you're feeling in your body. Um and you just gotta follow your gut instinct. Your gut is probably a good word for it since we're always worried about our gut, right? Right. But you know, you do have a you do have an awareness of how your body feels if you open yourself up to that. And education to me is the most gigantic, even though I'm a teacher and I guess I'm supposed to say that, but education just to understand really knowing to me, that was my biggest turning point. Once, once you know it, then you, you have to act on it. But if you don't really know, it's kind of hard to, you know, there's so much information out there.
2: As a, as a patient, as someone who has chosen to focus on wellness versus illness, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a, a, a mindset differential, right? It's a, it, it, it's a, uh, cause we get to choose. Do we want to focus on illness or do we want to focus on wellness? Right, that's a decision that we get to make. Right, right. Um, And so, um, focusing on that decision towards wellness, when you're looking at education as a patient, how would you how would you recommend people who want to educate themselves? But feel overwhelmed with there's just so much. How, what would as as a as a non medical person, and you've traveled that journey, what what would your recommendation be?
3: Gosh, that's a hard question. I don't know. Um, I know initially I can just say what I did, and mm-hmm. and I did do some investigation on online, look up stuff that was directly related to me but then i also availed myself to some community programs that um that Dr. Chellam has done some there's other wellness programs that do um like um, Education. educational type of seminars mm-hmm. um so i and there's educational seminars also online that you can do and um and that's really where i started trying to trying to see um what kind of options were out there and um, and then that's what led me to running into Dr. Chellum at one of the educational seminars that she did. Um, and yeah. the rest is history.
1: So a lot of this, which I think um, that comes out is when she said education, what education does is it removes that fear.
4: Yes.
1: What I find with people is when they get a diagnosis, the first thing that hits them is fear. Whether you get a diagnosis of cancer or heart disease or diabetes, especially if you know a lot about the disease, you've seen somebody die from diabetes or you've seen somebody die off a stroke, fear just grips you. And what education does is removes that fear and gives you that option. Hey, there are other options. It's just not the traditional way of a passive physician-patient relationship where a dogmatic, um, you know, approach is uh, presented to you with here's a medication you take it and change nothing else about yourself and the patient says okay I'll take what you're giving me because you know more about the disease than I do right Right. and um, at that time you're still afraid because the patient the physician can potentially say if you don't take this medicine which I have done in the past Mm -hmm. if you don't take this medicine you're going to die of." being crippled or Mm -hmm. you're never going to walk again you're going to be wheelchair bound or in the case of diabetes you're going to lose your eyesight your kidneys are going to go you're going to lose your feet we are taught to educate people about the perils of the disease Mm -hmm. manifestation rather than telling them hey you know why this happens Mm -hmm. and what you can do would you like to know that aspect or would you like to know how this is going to progress if we don't do anything about it so i think that open conversation. We, first of all, don't have the time, the way the medical system is set up right Mm -hmm. now. And secondly, most patients don't have the time. The worst thing for me as a physician is when a patient is coming in, they're waiting to see me and I walk into that room. Of course, I'm always late because that's how it is. And then I walk into the room and they are in a hurry because they have to be somewhere else. A lot Mm -hmm. of people tell the doctors in a hurry. I have seen patients actually in a hurry because they've taken their lunchtime off from their um, work to come and see me. That's not the right time to come and see your doctor. You need to take your day off to sit and talk to me because this is important enough, especially if we are doing... Um uh, uh, wellness or even an illness evaluation. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot that plays into how our medical system is set up and the mindset of the patient and the mindset of the doctor. Mm-hmm. So I know uh, uh, Kim, you were going to say something about yeah,
2: that, and it was part of that is 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 how we choose to show up in a relationship, right? So we can show up as a um, parent-child relationship that the, the doctor's a the parent and we respond as a child, which is the traditional model, yeah? Mm-hmm. They're paternalist, right? It's like, you know, I'm the expert. I'm the expert. Therefore, you must do as I say, right? Mm-hmm. However, um, we're adults, right? And that means we are 100% responsible for this personhood, right? Which means... We get to choose a partner to work with us with our wellness, or we can choose a partner to work for our illness. So it really comes into how we position it, right? So when we position ourselves and we are looking for a partner toward wellness, as Nancy positioned herself, right? She's like, so she, literally, she in essence was interviewing doctors,
4: mm-hmm.
2: not based on what meds they give her, but on um, partnering with her towards wellness, or were they um, perpetuating the illness, right? So that was the determining factor. Would you agree with that assessment, Nancy? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And the difference between when you found a partner, um, uh, that was you could partner with towards wellness, what difference did that make for you? Well, like like I said, I
3: was um much more confident and relaxed going in to speak with them, you know, blood blood pressure was normal, but um, yeah, and I you know then I look forward to going into the next appointment to finding out rather than dreading um going in and trying to having to support my way of thinking anti the other person now i kind of feel like okay we'll both talk about this see what the best options are in the future and i know that i have a choice of saying yes or no and they're not going to say well you just find somebody else to go <laughs> you know what i mean because we tend to be very tied to our doctors because of medications you know we can't just get up and leave yeah we can't get up and leave because if we're on this medication we can't they won't refill it unless we go in and talk to them and so we can't, you know, we can't just leave. We got to make a decision and we have to have another place to go before we can make our exit.
2: The results of you partnering with someone with a wellness mindset, um, mm-hmm. both in the specialty area and with Dr. chillum's program, mm-hmm. um, the results of that, um, what have, what
3: so, has changed for you? What has changed for me? um, Well, number one, I'm much less stressed, (laughs) but, um, but I feel a hundred percent better, um, having changed my diet and and that's, it's just a lifelong change. It's not something like, I don't even like to call it a diet, but change the way I look at food, I guess, um, is, uh, has been giant and is now just a part of my a part of my life and it makes me, I I feel much better and much more energetic and, um, clear minded. Um, and lots of stuff that, you know, when I look back at some of the notes I took away when I first started it, I forget, you forget a lot of the symptoms that you might've had before that you're not bothered by at all. Now I really, I would advise anybody starting out to just write down everything. Yeah. Exactly how they feel because you you forget that you had those problems and if you've been away from them long enough,
1: but yeah, and that's a very important point. I have to tell this even in our own practice, Mm -hmm. we remember every one of our patients, and one of the reasons I take them on in the program because I feel like I can help them, and they will be really good. They'll come and say, "Oh my god, I can't believe the energy," da 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 da, and then after about two years, that becomes their new way of life. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly they'll think, I don't remember being sick at all. I don't think I've ever had that. And when I go back to the notes and I know how sick they were, mm-hmm. it's amazing to see how little short-term memory we all have.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, and I've seen patients, and the other big challenge that we have as a practice, and this is coming up more and more frequently, we're into education of patients. That's really how our practice is set Apart from many of the functional medical practice. I give my all in terms of education, right? Mm-hmm. But patients also get education from the internet online. Mm-hmm. And suddenly they get the the wires cross and they mm-hmm. forget who told what. And now they've got this new information. And if they haven't seen us for a few months, they come back and they're on coconut oil they're on um you know <laughs> high whipping cream and they're i'm like where did we get all this like oh i thought that's good for inflammation and i'm like going berserk trying <laughs> to get all of this and where did all this come from but they forget where they got that information so we're in a world where this unlimited information is unlimited but how you utilize it, uh, there's nothing in, uh, and I recently, it is something that I uh, was listening to somebody speak, we don't know moderation. In fact, I think I was just telling Nancy this afternoon, yes. I'm going to move towards getting everybody on a fasting mode, than on a feasting mode.
2: There you go. Right?
1: Mm-hmm. And because we're so obsessed with food, we're not realizing that to some degree, that's all we keep searching for. We're doing too much of it. And no matter how healthy you eat, you're going to still have problems if you're just eating way too much. So I think the information is important, but education is even more important. You need to un- understand where that information came from and how is it relevant to you, mm-hmm. right? Um, if somebody who is, um, a, has seizures, high fat works for them. But somebody who doesn't have that problem, you're doing a high fat. So, you know, this is the kind of information people get and they start following it. And I think for me, that was very important that you need to go back to your notes and see exactly what has improved since Mm -hmm. the day you started your wellness journey. Mm -hmm. And um, because there's too much of information and you just don't know where to start.
2: And, and to celebrate that, that, that progress, right? Yeah. and to sell, and, and the thing is is that there are seeds of wisdom yeah. as you move through that journey. And so and to go back and it's like pull that seeds of wisdom and then turn around and share that with others. And we talk, started um, the conversation about community, right? Different mm-hmm. groups and stuff like that. And um, there's so many um, autoimmune groups, there's uh, diabetes group. there's all of these groups, right? The challenge that I found um, in these groups is what they give attention to because what we give attention to and focus on grows, right? And every one of my, all all of my coaching clients know this is a mantra they hear, right? (laughs) Um, you know, so, and what happens is in these groups, we, we listen to each other's, um, pains and struggles, and that's helpful to a point. Right. That's helpful to a point.
1: Remind me, I'll tell you a story about my trade, but go ahead. Yes, yeah. I know exactly where you're going.
2: Yeah, and so part of, and part of it is is if the focus and the intention of the group is to partner towards wellness, then um that sharing time on um it should be around um successes, your wins, um obstacles and solutions, right? right. And so when these groups tend to gather, the majority of the focus and attention is on the pains and struggles, Mm -hmm. right? And not the wins and solutions, right? Because obstacles, look, all of our health issues are simply obstacles. They're challenges. It's They do not have to be, they don't identify Kimberly, right? That is, I am not um, uh, arthritis. I am not whatever the it is, right? Um, No, it's an obstacle. It's an issue that we're dealing with. So let's, let's keep that clear in our conversations, in our intention and focus, so that we can, our focus is on thriving. Not dying. Right. Right?
1: And, you know, when you say that, this is one of the things I recently went for a conference. I told you about communication, right? We wanted to learn about communication. So it's a group of, I I, I would say, about 700, 800 people maybe. And um, so... The group was about how you communicate with yourself. What is the negative message? I'm I'm not worth it or, you know, I'm not successful enough and da, 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 da. And the whole group, um, the guy was very good. And he, you know, he was calling out people who wants to, you know, asking questions. And everybody would get up and tell a sob story, a sob story Mm -hmm. about how they were molested or how they were mentally abused or how they did not get any love growing up as a child. And soon what I found, it was a three-day conference. And I found all of these people like connecting. Oh my God, I related to what you said. They hugged each other. and Like a magnet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty much like they attracted each other. They started forming groups. And I started feeling very lonely because (laughs) I was sitting there and I'm trying to think, what sub story do I have in my life that I can pull out so I can connect with this group? I mean, I'm not even kidding. Three days into it, I was trying to see what is my life's obstacle that I can talk to so that they feel connected with me and I can, and I'm like, this is crazy. I shouldn't even be thinking this way. So your community is very important. It's
2: absolutely critical. If yeah. you want to if
1: you want to live uh,
2: life fulfilled and, th- and, uh, thriving, your environment matters. And you get to choose that. Yes. Um, you get to choose that because we're a contagion, yes. right? How I, ch- what I, my thoughts are, what I focus on, um, I infect and affect others with my thinking, my beliefs, my energy, all of that. And so if I have this negative story I keep telling myself, right? Then guess what? I I um I I feel um my crowd with other people just like that. And you know what? Now I belong. Cuz belonging is a human drive. It's a I human know. need to belong. It is one of the biggest human drives that we have, right? We will do almost anything to belong, right? So when we we need to be responsible, responsible, 100%, not 98, not 99, not 50-50, 100% with how we show up, right? So am I choosing to be a healthy, vibrant, positive person who is really working toward getting healthy or am I a person who, um, has X, Y, and Z illness? And, you know, I just got to figure out how to live with it. That's going to attract a different, you're going to feel belonging with a different group of people. If that's your mindset, then if your mindset is, you know what, you know, I have diabetes. And um, I, I am going to figure this out because you know what? I can conquer this. I, I've got the ability to find a solution. I need, to, I need to partner with others who are willing to work with me to do so and get around positive people. Check your mindset. Get your energy going. Get outside. Breathe in the air, the sun. Take responsibility for your energy. When you do that, then, then life changes because you attract different people. You communicate differently. People want to be around you. Um, so many people, um, so many of the clients that I have that are struggling with illness feel so isolated and alone. Right. And, um, part of that is, um, because nobody, nobody understands. And I put that in quotes, right. And so I, and, and, um, I'm really big about not frosting the crap, right? Let's separate the frosting from the crap. Enjoy the frosting and deal with the crap. Simple life is simple folks. Um, and so when we separate that and we just look at, um, what is it? How do I want to show up? How is it that I want to deal with this? Where do I want to go with it? Right? Why, why am I settling for being alone. So here's a question I ask them when nobody understands, right? Has anybody else had rheumatoid arthritis in the world? (laughs) Has anybody else lost a child? Has anybody, right? Are you the only person on this planet of how many billions of people, right? And they, they feel, offe- they, they take offense, right? Because where, where am I hitting them in their ego,
4: mm-hmm.
2: right? In their ego, but we have to be truth tellers with ourselves first. So we need to kill our own lies, right? Kill our own lies. And when we start killing our own lies, then we move to a healthy mindset. Cause then it's like, well, if that's not true, this, I'm doing this, then I, I have greater possibility than I've given myself um, permission to have,
1: right? Right. The stories we tell ourselves, many of them are the stories we hold onto because we don't want to make the change because change is very frightening. And this story gives us that comfort, um, whether it be, you know, um, yeah, And I remember when I started my journey in functional medicine, when I was a pre-diabetic, and I didn't even think two seconds about it. I just started taking metformin Mm -hmm. because the studies showed metformin and walking uh, 30 minutes, uh, five days a week, would keep your diabetes under control. Even the thought of resolution was not there in my mind. Nine of my aunts and uncles were diabetics. Four died from complications of diabetes. Mm -hmm. It was just given. That was my story. I have a strong family history and I am a diabetic because that's the natural way. And if I held on to that story today, I would be seeing a very different, I'd be a very rich doctor <laughs> driving a Tesla, most likely, <laughs> and because I'll be having all these patients who need medicines every three months <laughs> from me. But that did not happen. It just, you know, at that time, I guess it was, you know, it was the right time and I got exposed to functional medicine. Then I realized that was just a story I was telling myself. And that doesn't have to be my story. And that's that's really why one of the reasons I wanted to bring Nancy on is because I remember the first time I met her and I remember a lot of things about my patients. In fact, the things that they have forgotten about themselves, I remember. Mm-hmm. She was actually very frightened. She was mm-hmm. taking a big risk with us in terms of whether it was paying us and doing a completely different thing. And... I remember her being scared to ask a question. She was okay with everything and anything I said to her. And so when she, recently when she said, I told the rheumatologist that I want some more time. And I'm like, what do, do you do actually? And, you know, that was the, the shift was because now she has the knowledge about this process of inflammation and what are the things that actually um, impact it. Once you have that knowledge, then the next step is like, hey, I have time to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I've said this recently, I met an accountant and, and you know, she explained things very nicely to me. She said, there is a finish line and there's a timeline before you get to that finish line. Mm-hmm. And it's up to you if you're going to take all the time you want, there's a chance you won't get to the finish line or by the time you get to the finish line, it's still a little too late. Mm-hmm. So... We really need to make that decision for ourselves um, is what is the story you're holding on to, uh, which is really a lie. It's a mirage that keeps you in your comfort zone. What is the timeline you have? Because there's nothing more um, difficult for me to ha- other than to have a stage four uh, cancer patient saying, can you help me? Yes. You know, we've reached a timeline here and there's a finish line too. Mm-hmm. And then of course, um, you know, do you mm-hmm. actually want to get to a different finish line? Yeah. Those are the questions you have to ask yourself. Mm-hmm.
2: And do you want to take responsibility for it? You
1: Edu- to be a part and parcel of your recovery
2: right. rather
1: than your management.
2: That's right, that's right. Because education, we can have the knowledge but if we don't apply that, if we're not committed to the application of that knowledge, um, that's that we're still sitting in the car engine running in park. Right. Yeah. Um, and, but here, here's, here's the thing that I see people do all the time. And that is simply this is we will plan and prepare, um, do work really hard and all of that to to save money to put our kids in college. We'll save and plan to go on and go on vacation, and we will do all everything necessary for a particular it. But you ask someone to apply those same principles to their wellness, and they look at you like you're from a different planet right? Because it's not part of our conversation. Our conversation is, how are you? Fine. Or there's a litany of what's wrong, right? We don't ask, see, I ask people, so what's new and wonderful today? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, hey, you find it, you discovered any seeds of wisdom. Do you have any wisdom to share today? right? We've re, we get to frame conversations to elicit things differently from each other. If we did that more often, we can become that contagion where the conversations about partnering for health, empowering each other. Nancy, you have a powerful story to tell from a person who had a, you know, like all of us, the doctor tells us we do right. To a place. Uh Oh, if, if I keep doing this, is this my future? Is this a future I want? No. Now what do I do? Oh my gosh. Right now we're at a different fear factor, right? It's an awareness of if I don't figure this out, that's what I get. Mm -hmm. Right. So now here's a fork in the road. And then you just, you came out of park And you started driving around trying to find people who had some education around this that you could, you know, help you figure this out. You were willing to do that, right? And in that process, your voice, you discovered a power within yourself that you're comfortable, you're relaxed, you speak what's on your mind with calm and peace, you ask questions with calm and peace, even though it's about um, health issues. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's a whole different gift to the community that you have to offer. And thank you for sharing that with us. It's a powerful gift you give us.
1: Thank you. Absolutely. And I I think that's what we're going to do is we have quite a number of patients whose journey, they have evolved. We've seen them evolve. It's almost like I can't imagine the practice without patients like these. And that's one of the things that we try to do with our practice is get people who are successful, who understand that they have the power and that they are the leader of their own care. And they can determine what they want as the outcome for their, um, you know, disease process and their health goals. You can put a stall to your disease process, not simply by medication, but looking at what initiated and what needs to change to get it better. Because once your body is better, your mind is, you know, it just, you think just differently. Don't you think? Yeah, for sure. It's, and I I think that's really what we try to convey. And she's been like a, a model for that journey. Uh, we have a lot of our patients and this is really one of our goals is to get people to be in this space. Mm-hmm. So when they leave us, they're really not dependent on us and we're not holding them hostage because, you know, they have to come and see us for something very mm-hmm. specific or they're not going to get something back and return. So I think that's a, um, this was amazing actually to see her actually ask the right question from her mm-hmm. rheumatologist yeah. And uh, say, hey, you know what? There's a different way. Can you give me some time? And that was really awesome.
2: Yeah, and and to ask this, being specific about it, it's not just it's not just a general question. It was very specific about, hey, I understand what your request is, right? Yes. But this this is what I, I I'm understanding, and I know it takes time. So let's agree that this is a baseline, and then let's agree on a time. That um, we, w- I will go on this journey, reconnect with you, see where it's at. So mm-hmm. we're actually on a on a data point. We're actually looking at data points. We're not just floating around somewhere, right? They're data right. points, but they're reasonable data points towards wellness. Yes, uh, data points towards more illness. Very different perspective, mm-hmm. and powerfully done.
1: Powerfully done. Well, uh, thank you so much, Kim. You make this conversation so much more simpler for people to understand what exactly her thought process was and how she got to where she is. So, oh. I really appreciate that so much. Yeah,
2: and Nancy, I I really encourage you and all of um, all of the other patients that are actually on that wellness journey to gather together and just really start sharing that that journey because you are the contagion towards wellness. I was at the hospital this morning and, um, talking with a staff person there and, um, just, she was so heart just defeated because of the system that they work in. And and she wants, she knows it can, it should, could be, or should be different, but I'm not, there's, there's nothing we can do. Mm. And it's like that helpless mindset keeps us in a helpless place. Right. So the conversation I had with her was able to shift her mindset so that she could feel better that she's actually doing something. Um, and it's like, let's have the conversation because we never quite know where that conversation will take us or that person we had it with. So if we can just commit to having those wellness conversations, those conversations of empowering each other to use our power and our voice in conversations with others, not in, beating other people up and trying to make them do what we did. No, right? <laughs> because in that, we're a bully. Yeah. I mean, what's, 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 what's respectful about that, but have the conversations and just empower each other because that contagion that becomes a movement over time. And if we don't, if we just hold the wins in our successes to ourself, it's, it's a little ripple. When we share those wins and successes with others, it becomes a bigger wave. Yeah. Right. And that's what we want. We want a wellness wave because we're overwhelmed with the illness wave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So totally. would you, would you be willing to commit to that like you are now? Absolutely.
1: Yay! We just have to have the holistic icon community. I, she's actually quite an active member of that. <laughs> and then, you know, we need to have these gatherings of people who feel sick and defeated. Yeah. Uh, you know, they they just need to be open, that there is another way. It's just a little longer route, but it is the route that will take you to the destination you need to be. That's
2: right. And I know
1: internally, you really want to be there, so. There
2: you go. Thank you for doing the work that you do, Dr. Chillum
1: oh thank awesome. you so much I enjoyed this this is this is like uh, fun stuff for me better than what I used to do before and like Nancy said she says she was having high blood pressure of going to see the doctor I used to have blood pressure when I saw the list of my patients yeah. <laughs> because I'm like oh my god this is going to be one of those days that I was going to have this conversation once again and we're not going to go anywhere Exactly, mm-hmm. it comes from both. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very nice to see the patient's perspective, and a lot of times we're dishing out these medicines. Oh, the blood pressure is not under control, let me give you more. The chances are they're not even taking the first one to begin with, right? <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> so it's another perspective. So that's really, this is awesome. I, I think, thank you very much. I yeah, really appreciate, appreciate that you were willing to come and talk. And, um, and, you know, we should and, uh, we'll, okay, take you up on that, you know, have a community gathering. I know you came to one of ours and we probably should have one this year. And most likely we could.
2: Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be fun. Love it. Okay,
0: thank
1: All you right. very much. Thank
0: you. All okay. right. Blessings, y'all. Already then, if you've listened to this podcast for me, I would like to hope you are getting some new knowledge, a different way of thinking and have benefited from it. If so, would you please do me a favor and share this with your family and friends? I do however want to mention that nothing that is stated in this podcast or written in the show notes should be construed as medical advice. We would like you as an individual to seek your medical advice from your specific provider. Our goal has all along been to dig into some existing truths, try and make it simple, So we all have a better understanding of our options out there to live fulfilling lives. It may be also prudent for me to mention the obvious here that no doctor-patient relationship was ever formed. In closing, I am grateful that you joined us and please do not forget to leave a review or share this info. Signing off till next time, I'm your host, Dr. Nisha Chalak.